Hey everyone, welcome back to another Second Helping. Uh, I'm Pastor Josh, and uh, I'm just giving you more of what I couldn't squeeze on or get onto the plate in the, this past weekend's message. Uh, a few side notes. Uh, one of the points that I made in this, this past weekend's uh, message was that Nehemiah had to count the cost before he uh, could begin rallying the people to build the wall, hence his whole survey time of uh, going out and seeing what was broken down. And uh, the Bible speaks to this, this same idea of counting the cost. And I read uh, to our congregation from Luke chapter 14, uh, Jesus has challenged his followers to take up their cross and follow after him. To become real disciples means to self-sacrifice and follow after him. And he says in verse 27 of Luke 14, if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. And then he says in verse 28 though, but don't begin that whole idea. Don't begin carrying your cross uh, until you count the cost. And then he uses the example, who would, who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish that building? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before you run out of money and then everyone would laugh at you. And Jesus is speaking to this idea that, you know, if you're going to count the cost, if you're going to be one of his disciples, you have to count the cost. And, and I've had several people ask, and I know some of you uh, that were at this past weekend's uh, uh, services had the same question. What does that really look like for me, an individual, to count the cost in a spiritual way? Uh, in a lot of ways, it means to have a plan, um, uh, a plan for your life and a plan for what it looks like to follow after God and to be a man or a woman that surrendered to God, to have a plan for that. Uh, Mike Tyson famously said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Um, and what that basically means is you can have all of these thoughts and, and, and all of your schemes and all your blueprints and, and everything laid out, but uh, you never know what's going to hit you and you got to be willing to adapt. And that's also kind of what this means. Uh, to an extent, to count the cost means to have your due diligence, to weigh all of the, the things that are coming at you. Don't do it lightheartedly. Don't do it haphazardly. Don't go into your walk with God flippantly like, oh, you know, like everything will be, you know, uh, easy. It'll be, you know, cupcakes and rainbows. Um, the Bible says that, that that's absolutely the furthest thing from the truth. Now, there's there's false preachers out there and there's false teachers that, that put proclaim like a prosperity gospel that if you just love you some Jesus, you'll be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Well, uh, that's not guaranteed in the Bible. Jesus actually says that hard times are coming and uh, that we should expect that. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not still supposed to follow him and still count the cost, but it means take inventory and be ready for what might happen. Um, he uses the analogy of, of a building, of entering into a building program uh, and starting to build a tower and then running out of money and then everybody sees this half built tower and they just laugh at you because you didn't have the resolve or you didn't have the wisdom uh, to make it all the way through. And we don't want that for our spiritual lives to get halfway into it um, and then not be able to finish. But a lot of people here count the cost and they hear messages like that or read verses like this and they think, well, that means I have to figure everything out. And you can't, you can't know the future. You can't figure it all out. It's not about you having all the answers. It's about you going to a God who has all the answers. And that's the big difference in counting the cost. When God gave our church this building, it was a, a pet store that was, had been operational since the 1950s. 
and it was a large enough space. And at the time we were just a little group of people, maybe 30, 40 people when we entered into, uh, you know, the, the agreement to buy this place. We went to the town and told them we wanted to turn the pet store into a small little church. And they said, sure, you can do it. We assumed that on the day we closed and signed the paperwork, we could move right in and start holding services. It was just a big open space. We were just gonna move all the shelves out, start having church. Well, the town changed their minds and they wanted us to put in a bathroom and then they wanted us to put in more bathrooms and then they wanted us to move it from a septic system onto the town sewer, which meant running a hundred feet of, of pipe. And then we had to upgrade the water coming in and that meant adding in a sprinkler system. And every time we turned around, there was a new cost and a new, uh, the goalpost had gotten moved and we couldn't just build what we thought we were gonna build. We had to build more and build more to bring it up to code. And uh, what we thought was gonna take us two weeks to paint and, and clean up, it ended up taking us two and a half years to remodel the building in order to get into it. Now, the truth is, if I had known the cost at the very beginning, I, I can be honest with you, church, I did not have the faith to purchase the building and step into it if I knew that it was gonna cost over a million dollars and take two and a half years to get into it. I didn't have faith big enough for that. So God only showed me as many steps as I could handle, which at the time was one. So I took one step, and then he showed me the next. If he had showed me all of the steps that it was gonna take, I, I, I wouldn't have had the courage to do it. Um, or I, I, and I wouldn't have believed that I had the strength to do it. But God knew what we could handle, so he showed us what we could handle, and then he allowed us to step into it. That's the same way in our spiritual life as well. He uses the analogy of a building. He uses the analogy of somebody going into a construction project, which I found humorous, but he's using it to talk about our spiritual life. You need to count the cost. That doesn't mean that you know everything that's coming. It doesn't mean that you, uh, you're you gonna have all the answers. It means that you've weighed it out and you know what's most important. What was most important for us starting a church was that we, we, we said yes to whatever God put in front of us and we knew we needed a space to meet. And God said, God gave us a, a space to meet. And so we said yes and we stepped into it. And we just had to keep going forward, even though it meant two and a half years of, of remodeling. The same way works in our spiritual life. The Bible says in Mark chapter eight, verse 36, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world, but forfeit his soul? I think what the Bible's trying to teach us and what Jesus is referencing when he says, count the cost, is he says, know, know what it's gonna mean to really be my disciple, to take up your cross, the sacrifice you're gonna have to give, but also understand the bigger picture. If you're gonna count the cost, count the whole cost. Because if you don't wanna do the hard thing right now because you think that's the, the extent of the cost, then you're missing out on the big picture at the end. Yes, this life is gonna be hard, and yes, there's gonna be trials and, and struggles, but in the end, we get a home in heaven and we get rewards for following after God. And the cost for not doing that, man, I could, I could say, I don't wanna do the hard stuff and follow God. I wanna live for myself right now. I wanna party it up. I wanna feed my flesh. I wanna give in to all the things that this world offers. I wanna build my castle and not care about God's kingdom. But I have to count that cost too. And that cost, as, as Mark 8, 36 says, I might gain the entire world, but I, I lose my soul. I lose the kingdom and, and the kingdom's eternal. What this world offers, it's really temporary.
I think a lot of us are pursuing the world because we think the kingdom costs too much. And that's a trick from Satan because our pursuit right now is actually costing us the most valuable thing, which is our walk with God and the eternal prize of pleasing him. Uh, Solomon says it best in Ecclesiastes chapter two. He says, then I considered all that my hands had done, all the toil that I had expended in doing it. And behold, it was all vanity and a stri and striving after a wind, like grasping at the air. There was nothing to be gained under the sun. Everything I'd worked towards was worthless. And I, I think Satan has that intent for you and I. He doesn't want us to really count the big cost. We get distracted with these little costs. So if there's an encouragement I can leave you with this week, it'd be that. That whatever it is that's costing you right now, I know it's tough, but God says he'll supply all your needs. He'll take care of you. And he promises you that the end result is not just your soul, but it's growing something in the kingdom that lasts forever. So count that cost. And I pray that you'll live up to what it is that God's calling you to be. You be the man or the woman that God designed you to be, and you'll, you won't regret that. I love you guys. God bless. I hope I'll catch you next week.